Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Doing good? Yeah. Great to see you. John chapter 8, verse 12. We're going to read a passage of scripture. I'm going to pray, and um, then we're going to get into it. Are you ready? Yeah. Came with faith today? Yeah. John chapter 8, verse 12 says this, I am the light of the world, Jesus speaking. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We've been in a freedom series in our church. And man, what a freeing verse. He says, who, he who follows, not he who believes. Yeah. Not who you as a concept of God. Wow. Not who attends occasionally. No, he says, he who follows. Are you moving? Come on, wow. Come on slap your neighbor and say, are you moving? Come on, tell your, tell your other neighbor, don't get stuck. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, I thank you in this moment, this time, every man, every woman within the sound of my voice, those who would even listen online, I pray in Jesus' name that the light of heaven and the life of heaven would shine in this house. Breathe upon your servant, breathe upon your sons, I pray, and your daughters, I pray. Impact generations, I pray. Lord, in these moments, impact lives forever. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, Jesus. I need you. I, need you. I, declare, I declare I will become, I will become the, person the person you made me to become. In your powerful name, I declare. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Grab your seats. Thank you, worship team. Man, can we thank our worship team? We appreciate them. Came extra early this morning and... How many appreciate our First Impressions team, all those people that make the house of God so friendly? Man, if you're not part of a dream team, I so encourage you and challenge you to be on one. And then, man, come early to church, meet someone, talk to someone. Man, that worship will get you ready for the Word. But if you're hustling and bustling and trying to find parking and all this kind of stuff, you'll feel like you're Christmas shopping at the mall. Right? Come early, it'll, 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 it'll do you good. My wife began a message series four weeks ago, really talking about how often people think that freedom is doing whatever the heck you want to do. And you actually find out that freedom, you can do whatever you're going to do and whatever you want to do, you can. But actually, if you just follow your impulses and your desires and whatever your feelings want you to do, how many know if you just follow your feelings, you end up schizophrenic? Like, and, I, and I'm not even joking when I say that. Like, you just follow you, like every thought. Could you imagine if you followed every thought in here? That'd be weird, wouldn't it? You're like, hey, are you coming to the movies? Yeah, no. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Popcorn, yeah. Daiquiri, yeah. Soda, yeah. Ice cream, extra, three. Give me four ice creams. Give me seven ice creams. Let's do it right now. And then lady, you're like, wait, I'm on a diet. Right? You do all these things, all these weird things pop in your head, don't they? Someone say, free me, free me. from being an emotionally driven, emotionally driven person. person. I want to tell you today and talk to you along this line, destiny-defining decisions. Destiny-defining, I would call them life-shaping decisions. Let me tell this story real quick. A number of years ago, I was, gosh, it's dating me now. You know when you're old when you say 22 years ago. 
Okay? I was 18 years old. Shoot, it's 23 years ago. Dang it. I'm getting old, people. All right? 18 years ago, I heard a preacher preach. His name was Brian Houston. He came to our church in Wollongong, Australia, and he, 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 he began to talk about a message and the need that you and I have to define our vision and to define core values of our life. And he began to say that his core value or his theme of his life was simple. He says, love God and love life. That's it. I was like, man, that's good, right? And, and, and so I went home and I, and I was starting to get into this one business where you begin to set goals and so forth. And I've been setting goals for now 23 years of my life since I was 18. And that message helped me define a core value of my life. And so I went home and I was like, man, what do I, what do I believe? What is the core value of my life? And I'm like, well, I think his sound pretty good. So I was like, I love God. I was like, well, I think you should love people because that's the second greatest commandment. And then I was like, love life. And so ever since then, I'd set physical goals and spiritual goals and financial goals all throughout my life. And that's one of the reasons why Transform came to be because for 23 years, I've actually been setting physical goals and spiritual goals, relational goals and financial goals. But that one message began to give an 18-year-old young man who had really no direction in his life, light and direction. If you've ever met someone and they don't know where they're going, how many know they go anywhere? Yeah. You ever met someone that has, has no core convictions, how many know that they do anything? Yeah. If you meet someone and they, they're not sure what they do, how many know you get lured into anything? Yeah. If, you're not, if you're at the party scene and have not already decided, I'm not doing drugs, how many know you're probably going to do drugs? Yeah. If you already haven't decided, I'm not going to sleep with that person, you're going to sleep with that person. Yeah. If you have not decided, and so pre-decision is critical to your life because living by feelings actually decimates your world. And now living a life for now 23 years, I can't believe it's been that long. Those, that, that message changed really the direction and, and kept me consistent. Because every year I'd write down, love God. So what does that look like? Love people. What does that look like? And love life. And then I want to grow. So I want to unpack for you today that I truly believe that you need to make a destiny defining decision to define your core values. You must define them. You must write them down. And then you start to live up to those. Now, how many know that you don't live up to those perfectly all the time? No one does, right? But if you define them, then it gives you clarity, and then you must defend them. Does that make sense? Yeah. First Corinthians chapter 10 says this in verse 11. It says this. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings. Someone say warnings. Warning. For us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. I was in a conversation with someone recently, and I said to him, hey man, it's, it's different me preaching to a couple of hundred people than me talking to you one-on-one. -on -one. How many know that that's different? Like if I sit down with you and I suggest something in particular to you, you go, you can't go to that's for the person next to me. <laughs> because there's no one next to you unless you're crazy. That's a whole different deal. I'll send you to someone else. I don't deal with crazy, right? <laughs> I'll meet with you, I'll love you, I'll pray with you, but I'm going to send you to professional, I'm not going to lie, okay? Does that make sense? Even if it doesn't, just go with it. But here's what I want you to do today. I want you to pretend 
that I'm just talking to you. I'm not talking to your wife. I'm not talking to your cousin. I'm not talking to the person in front of you, behind you. Can we have a personal conversation? Can you pretend that I'm actually talking to you? Because sometimes I meet with people on a one-on-one basis and I'm like, wait, haven't you been in our church for years? And haven't you got this yet? They're like, no, because I thought you were talking to my sister. I'm not. I'm preaching to you. Is anyone with me in the house today? Let me tell you, before there was Captain America, before there was Superman, before there was Spider-Man, before there was Batman, before there was Black Panther, before there was the Hulk, before there was any one of those dudes, there was Samson, baby. How many, how many know, even if you're a little boy, when you're a little boy, how many little boys, Samson was kind of your hero, except he got his eyes plucked out. <laughs> like Samson was the man. I remember when I was five, six, I, I had one of those picture Bibles. I don't know why we ever graduate from picture Bibles. Picture Bibles are awesome. And, and Samson just was ripped and all this kind of stuff. And, and he was awesome. He was a Marvel action figure before there were ever that. And his call was to deliver the people of God out of bondage. He was born into a time where the Philistines had actually ruled Israel for 40 years and his parents could not conceive. But God says, no, I'm going to put my hand upon your life and I'm going to open that womb. And when that baby comes out, he will be dedicated to God from his birth and he will be a Nazarite. And what that really meant was he was not to touch wine or even grapes. He was not to cut his hair and he was not to touch dead things. Like Samson had this like flowing beautiful fro going on, right? Before there was ever, gosh, I'm thinking of him, but I can't think of him. Fabio, before Fabio, (laughs) you guys are are weird, but you were with me. That's, I mean, of all the men in the world, I could have mentioned you like Fabio, right? (laughs) Before Fabio, there was Samson, and Samson is a story of freedom, but it's also a story of bondage. It's a story of amazing power, but it's a story of what could have been. It's a story actually of anointing, but then regret. It's a story of a man of faith who failed a lot. It is a story also of redemption that even at the worst of your days, that God can redeem those things in your life. And the Bible says this in Judges chapter 14, verse 5, that Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. mother. And as they approached the vineyards, someone say vineyards, of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart from his bare hands as he might have torn a goat, a young goat, which is what you kind of do. You just tear young goats apart. But anyway, let's keep moving. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. And a lion comes and tries to attack him. And the Bible so anoints him. The Spirit of God so anoints him that he literally was like nothing to him. But here's the question. What are you doing in the vineyards, Samson? Why are you hanging out in the great places? Why are you hanging out with the, the raisins? Why are you there? And he's where he should not be. And the Bible says that he does not tell mom and dad. Why doesn't he tell mom and dad? Because mom and dad were going to say, why were you in the vineyards? 
And so really, maybe the Bible doesn't tell us he nibbles on the vineyards, doesn't say he doesn't. He takes a few grapes here and there, but he probably does. Maybe just takes one or two and just like, you know, it's all good. And a lion comes at that moment and he kills it. And then later the Bible says that he goes on back to see the lion. Someone say, don't go back. Don't Don't go back to dead things. Don't go back to dead places. Don't go back to dead relationships. Some of you need to cut it off and say, I'm not going back there anymore. It is a dead lion. I don't need to be there. And he goes back to a dead lion. Now, here's the thing. It's in a vineyard and it's a dead lion. It goes against two of the covenant relationships that he has before God. So he's in a vineyard and he's playing with dead things or he's at least looking at it and there's honey in there and he's like, well, I can touch some honey, right? God is not against me touching honey. And he takes some honey, but the honey's touching the dead things. And then he gives it to mum and dad, but he doesn't tell them, where does that come from? But life's still going well. Isn't it funny that sometimes you can be breaking God's word, God's laws, got a little swagging step and it's going well still. And often this is the danger because life's going well, but you're breaking God's convictions or God's call upon your life. You're, you're violating his word, but it's still going well. And so it's like pride blinds us. Have you ever met someone and they're doing dumb stuff? You're like, what are you doing? And they look at you and go, it's still going good. Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? I don't know what that was. I... <laughs> don't judge me. Sometimes they're just trying to help you. Yes. Don't judge me. Sometimes they're trying to save you. Yes. And how many know that sometimes when someone's trying to save you, you don't want to hear it? Yes. But you need to hear it sometimes. Yes. That's why, listen, don't, listen, you should come to church sometimes and you should feel like I got up in your grill sometimes. It's like, what? why you got to go there? What, 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 why you got to talk like that, Anthony? And you feel like I'm talking to you. I am. Now, don't personalize it in such a weird way, right? But, but personalize it that this is God's message for you. Are you with me? Why are you near the vineyards? Why are you hanging out with dead things? And, and often I find that people get in trouble because they're free to do something, but let's, get, let's be honest, they don't have the self-control to be there. Wow. Like, if, if you have an addictive personality, they're like, my father was an alcoholic. I do drink wine and beer sometimes, but I have a proven track record of not getting drunk yeah. for years. Like, it's just it's not what I do, okay? I have a true proven... Other people... Your track record is last, year, is last weekend. And it's the weekend before, it's the weekend before, and the weekend before. And you're like, yeah, but, but I'm free to drink. Jesus turned grape juice into wine or water into wine. He turned hasty wine into Merlot. And you, you allow it to be your excuse. Are you with me? I often find the more that you compromise your core convictions, the blinder you get. Wow. He's been to the vineyard and he's been to dead things and now he falls in love. There's nothing like falling in love that literally blinds you. Have you ever heard that, that statement, love is blind? <laughs> yeah, you do. You know, you were there, right? <laughs> you remember when you were like, no, you hang up. 
No, you. I, let, let me give you this line. Eros erases people's education. Eros. Lust. Eros. Eros, the lust, erases people's education. It means love is blind sometimes, right? And Samson is in love with someone who's not in love with him. Hear me now. This guy could have got anyone, all the stories around, and he falls in love with a Philistine. Her name's Delilah. But guess what? The Bible says he's in love with her, but she's in love with money. She's a trick. She's playing him. Most powerful man in Israel getting played. Getting played. Why? Because he's been compromising one area of his life and compromising another area of his life. And now all of a sudden he's compromising more and he can't even see it. And then all of a sudden she comes along and says, how come you're so strong? Oh, you've got big biceps. She's like, tell me the secret of your strength. He's like, well, you know, baby. I do my thing, you know. <laughs> and she's like, tell me why you're so strong. And he just makes something up. He's like, you know, if you just get some ropes and tie me up and so forth, I lose my strength. And he's lying to her. And then all of a sudden, falls asleep and she ties him up. Philistines come in and he just goes Bruce Lee on them. He just literally, what da? Just da. You ever see old clips of Bruce Lee? Just da, that was Samson, man. People come in on Samson and Samson just like kick seven times in the face. Like... Watch this now. The Bible says in the book of Judges, verse 5, it says this, The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and do what? And subdue him. The Philistines are a picture of the enemy of your soul who always use someone else who loves something else more than you, more than your destiny, more than your calling, and begins to do the puppet thing on you and begins to sap your strength. And she is being used by the devil or the Philistines to sap away his anointing. Sometimes the wrong relationship will, will cost you your calling. Sometimes the wrong relationship will sap your strength. It will. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself. Often girls are like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm just, he's my ministry. He ain't your ministry. Like he, we do dumb things sometimes, don't we? Let's be honest, because Eros, Eros erases education. It's like he's my ministry. There's too many women actually try to mother their boyfriends or their husbands they really do you know what i'm just gonna mother him and all this kind of stuff it's like no like set a boundary and then he'll either man up or go home for real like he'll man up or go home like eventually like you know you know you've been dating for seven years and eventually you're gonna say listen it's either marriage or out like he's either gonna man up or you find someone else you know, and that's hard, right? It's a long time. <laughs> Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. And then he tells us something else. But this time it gets a little closer. It's like, hey, if you just braid my hair, 
It's getting closer every time. Went from hanging out in vineyards to dead things. And now all of a sudden, doesn't tell her, you can cut my hair, but you can play with it. And the secret of his strength is his hair. And he's broken God's covenant once, God's covenant twice, and now he's playing on the edge and the ledge of covenant number three. He says, just play with my hair. Falls asleep again, goes Bruce Lee on everyone. Wada, 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 wada. Just takes out Philistines, dudes and stuff. And then finally the Bible says that she literally does this. She literally goes, why won't you tell me your strength? You don't love me. And this fool is so blind to maybe she's got it going on. She's got something going on. And he, and he nags her. Day after day, day after day, she nags, just like nag, 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 nag. Finally, he's like, cut my hair! Shut up! Baal says, he cuts the hair, and he wakes up, and he goes to be strong again. The Bible says this, and the Lord has left him. And here's the interesting thing, it says this, the Lord has left him. And he knew it not. And he goes, what? And all of a sudden, the little seven kicks. He gets kicked for the first time. Take out his eyes. He's blind. He's lost his freedom. He's lost his sight. And now he's chained like an animal. And he's literally doing the job in that day of an animal. He's bound. And he was meant to be the freedom maker. Hear me now. He was meant to be the freedom maker. He was meant to be the one who is to bring freedom to others. But the freedom maker is now bound. And and by the devil and bound by really his own foolishness. Why? Because he he just followed his own feelings. I want to suggest something to you today. Listen, listen to me real careful. If you'll, if you'll listen to this and pay attention to this, it may just change the next 22 years of your life as it changed the 22 years of my life as I listen to a man of God talk about priorities and core values. If you don't determine what your core values are, you'll often and always live by your feelings. So let me help you for a second. Listen, this isn't the time to just go, preacher, just that's too much for me. No, listen to me. If you don't define them, you can't live up to them. Too many Christians don't write it down. Don't say, what are my convictions? What are my personal core values? Like I say I'm a follower of Jesus, but are his priorities affecting my priorities whatsoever? So if Jesus' priorities, listen, one time Jesus was, um, was asked by the Pharisees, what is the greatest of all the commandments? And Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and all of your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. So if I'm a follower of Jesus, shouldn't his priorities eventually become my priorities? And this is why the Bible says in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows after me will walk in the light and will have the light of life. Why? Because his words are light. 
And so they determined Jesus was a man of core convictions. Jesus was a man of core values. And guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus in here, he determines your core values. I don't determine my core values. Samson did not determine his core values. God did. Are you, are you hearing me? It is so vital. Samson is a man of feelings. And I want to suggest to you today that you need to define and defend your core values. Define them and defend them. Because how many of you know that if you write something on the wall, it doesn't just happen? See, my core values, my core beliefs, my core convictions, they shape my thinking, my heart, my priorities over the years and years and years and years. So listen, you might be in here today, you're like, I'm not sure what to do with my life. Define your core values and then it will give you direction and priorities for your life. You're like, I'm a business guy. That's nice. Define and defend your core values. Are you with me, Church Alive? So let me share just a couple of core values. Well, let me say this. Your core values must be defined and your core values, once defined, must be defended. And they give you direction. Say this with me. Define Define. and defend defend. your core core values. values. Say this with me. My core values values. give me direction. direction. Right? They give me direction. They give me stability. So let me share mine with you. My core values are this. Passionately love God. Passionately. Do I always passionately love God? No, there's seasons actually of ups and downs, but I I make sure that that is a priority for me. I I put him first. I try my best over the years to put him first. For 23 years, I've tried my best to passionately love God. And then he says passionately love people. I like the word passion here. Again, this is just me because if I just say love people, that doesn't give me much Motivation, it's like, because lots of people love people. You're like, oh, I love people. <laughs> now, that for me means be a great husband. Now, I am a husband, and how many know there's good husbands and bad husbands? Yeah. And I say be a great husband not to, like, big note myself. If God is great and I'm his son, aren't I allowed to be great? Yes. Be a great husband, because to me, be a great husband is motivating, Right? Like, you don't really put up your hand and go, I want to be an average husband. <laughs> like, I want to be an average employee. I want to be an average person. You know, you, want to, you don't want to get to the end of your life and on your tombstone they wrote, he was average. <laughs> God didn't make you to be average. God made you to be you. Your unique gifts, your unique talents. God has put something in you. Gifts and talents but, but our gifts are God's gift to us, but our character is our gift back to God. Yeah. Be a great husband. Be a great father. I, I am a father, but be a great one makes me motivated to do more and be more. Do you know what I'm saying? Be a great friend. Like I've got friends. I mean, look, I have friends on Facebook, but be a great friend. But you can only be a great friend of few. Where are you going? Go back. Thank you. Next one, next one. You just like skip stuff. There we go. Here's, here's the thing. Core value for me is personal growth. Yeah. Why? Because you can't inspire people unless you're growing. Yeah. 
You really can't. Like, I can't inspire anyone unless I'm growing. I'm not excited unless I'm growing. And this to me is in the big four quadrants of life, physically, spiritually, relationally, and financially. This is what our transformed men does, transformed women does. Grow to my full potential. I don't need to grow to someone else's full potential, but I need to grow to mine. And listen to me, if you've been in church for years and years, 10, 20, 30 years, what often happens is, is, is you get to a point where you just get comfortable and you just get stuck. And what Miriam and I and our church and leaders, we go to two conferences every single year, have for about 12 years. Why? Because we need to grow. And the growth in our church and the growth as people and the growth in our marriage and the growth in so many places has happened because we get in environments that stretch us to grow. If you're not stretching to grow, you're not following Jesus. Because I found that Jesus wants you to go from faith to faith, not faith to to comfortable to then complacent and then lose your conviction and then lose your vision and then eventually get bound. Can you decide to be a person that's one of those old people at conferences or old people at churches that just are still happy to be there? You ever see like one of those old people and they're like, they're like 86 and the dude's still like jumping up and down. And I'm like, man, I want to be that guy when I'm 86. Like, yeah, <laughs> woo! I was preaching at a church recently and this dude, he, I promise you, he was 86, he was still in shape. And then the worship team was going, he was like this. And I was like, this guy's the man. <laughs> he was awesome. Listen, my heartbeat, our heartbeat for you in this church is that you grow. Yeah. The, 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 literally, the reason we do church is so you grow. Yeah. Like, but I can't help you grow unless I'm personally growing. Yeah. Like, if I'm stuck, you get stuck. But if I keep on growing, keep on pushing, the, the, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he says this, he says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. How many of you still got some growth to do? Come on, how many of you still got some growth to do? How many of you still got faith that needs to rise? Come on! Do you know that this was at the end of Paul's life? He should have been like, Lord, send me to Florida. I just want to lie on the beach, but he's in prison writing letters. And 2,000 years later, we're still reading it. That's growth. My core value is to equip, equip men and women to become all that God has destined for their life. Hear me now. I'm not just here to pastor people, and I mean that in a in a word that where it's just come around people and coddle people and make them feel better. No, I'm here to flipping make champions. I really am. Like I, I, I feel that in my heart. I want you to be a champion. I want you to be all God, all God has called you to be. Like so often people view pastors and, and whenever it's, it, they, they view a pastor as someone who just comes at their, their time of need. No, I'm here to make you a champion. I really am. I honestly feel like the call of God in this church is to make and build champions who affect the generations. This is what we do. This is what we do. God wants you to be a champion. Come on, God wants you to be a champion. I'm over time. Sit down. 
we got another service. You're getting too excited. Come on, close your eyes. Listen, my, your life assignment. I hope you take this on, your life assignment. You need to come to church, you need to grow. The only way you grow is by taking something that was from the Word and applying it to your life. Your life assignment is to define your core values. Because if you don't define them, you can never defend them. And over the years, you need to continually remind yourself of what your core values are. Because if your priorities aren't becoming a bit more like Jesus, He says, I'm the light of the world, I'm pretty sure you're following someone else. Write them down. Get clear on them. And they'll give light to you. All across this place, where heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here today and you've not met Christ, you've not met Jesus, God, He loves you. He died for you. His Spirit is here. I sense the touch of God in this place right now. I sense the touch of heaven. When heaven comes, His desire is not just you go to heaven. His desire is that heaven gets in you. This is the Christian life. It's not about morality and what you do and do not do. It's about a person, his name is Jesus. His core value is to seek and to save the lost. All across this place, where heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're gonna pray a prayer. And that prayer is gonna lead you to a person. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me, dying for me. I believe died on the cross, rose from the dead, ask you to change my life, come into my heart, I want to follow you, my head's bowed and eyes are closed, so I'm going to quickly ask you to show me you prayed that prayer, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and lift up real high, just so I can see it and recognize it, one, two, three quickly all across this place raise your hand raise your hand if you met business with God or saying yes to Jesus for the first time hands going up all over the shop that's awesome that's awesome that's awesome thank you those in the back there many in the back there those on the side there that's awesome that's awesome you can put your hand down now Father I thank you for every hand every heart plant them in your house plant them in your purpose I pray in the mighty name of Jesus and if you receive God's word come on could you give me a hand If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.